0: You're listening to The sanitarium Podcast, a community mental health podcast sponsored by Mono & Co and Big Man Beard. Now let's introduce your host, Sam Langford. Hi guys, welcome again to another episode and I am at episode 11. Uh, it's taken me a while to get this recorded, but I'm here and I'm recording it now, so happy days. Uh, I've had to jumble a few things around. Uh, This episode would have been featuring Adam Pearson, um, but instead it features Mr. David Weston, or Dave Weston, sorry, um, about suicidal thoughts and suicide. So I've just jumbled the episodes up. Uh, Adam will still be featuring on episode 12, uh, along with uh, the wonderful Daniel Purdy as well. So that episode will still be a, a guest interview episode uh, special, um, but with two different people instead. That's all. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about me a little bit. Just a bit of an update on me. Um, first thing I wanted to mention was uh, the amazing award uh, this podcast and its community won. I don't want to say it's just for me because I feel that um, you guys have helped me out um, massively by you know contributing uh, to the raffles and to uh, the games and everything we've done. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for that. Um, First time in a while. I'm actually really proud that uh, my name's on that certificate. Um, It doesn't mean a great deal to me. So uh, I do appreciate that uh, from Lincoln City Foundation. Um, So yeah, that that was a a big positive for me in the last few weeks. Um, And speaking of positivity, to be honest, I've actually been quite positive um by the odd bout of anxiety very very mild anxiety i feel that um the last few weeks have been good um i've calmed things down and um just a quick story yesterday which was monday uh, excuse the sirens that's not uh, coming for me hopefully uh yeah last last few last Yesterday, sorry, um, we went to town. Needed to get the my daughter some clothes because she's growing as as babies do, and uh, we just said, right, I'll I'll take the baby uh, for a little stroll, and and my wife goes into uh, the clothes store to pick some bits up with with my son. Anyway, I took her for a walk and then I come out and she said, oh, it's been a nightmare. I've had uh, the, my credit card, my, my credit card, sorry, my card didn't work. Um, he's been kicking off and it's just been horrible. So for the first time ever, I'm sure it's ever, I actually calmed the situation down. So I did it in steps, which I've learned to do through therapy, do it in small steps. So I said, right, the first thing I need to ask is, can we resolve the situation? Yes, we can right let's resolve it then your car didn't work two cars didn't work so it's obviously their machine so i'll go to the cash machine i will withdraw some cash we'll go back into the shop and we'll pay for the gods in cash so we did that went into the shop i said right first thing we need to go to the lift we've got two push chairs so we got in the lift waited in the queue got to the top i said right who's the person that you dealt with sarah pointed her out and i said excuse me uh, we've got some stuff that we need to pay for. She says, yeah, that's fine. Come down to the until we'll scan it again. And I've got cash, job done, paid for. And then she gave me a look, my wife, and I felt quite, it was a really nice look. And it was like, well done. Look, have you just realized you've just calmed the situation down when usually I'd be flapping all over the place or just give up and go, we're going home. So that was good, um, it's something I discussed this morning, uh, being Tuesday morning, um, the 26th of August, when I'm recording, um, with my therapist, and and again, you know, she said that's fantastic, that's a massive thing. Um, so yeah, that, that was a good positive story to tell you guys, um, which is nice, it's, it's nice to tell you some positivity. Um, so this episode... Uh, is going to still be about fears because I have the post um, in the community group that I put out um, a few weeks back now, I believe. More than a few weeks back, 17th of July, according to my phone. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of the fears that people have put, um, my own fear as well. Um, and yeah, we're going to go into it a little bit because fears are part of your mental health, um, something I've, I've learned recently. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting just to discuss some of the fears that you guys have kindly, um, commented. So, um, I'm literally got, I've got the post in front of me. Um, so I'm looking at the first comment, which is Ben Schofield, and he's put drowning in a car. Always has been, always will be. Yeah, that's like a, um, claustrophobic kind of drowning fear situation. Quite a common one. Um must admit you know it sounds silly saying I won't want to drown in a car who would want to drown in a car but I can understand where you're coming from um you know that sense of not being able to get out a car uh you know the doors are, are seized up and you're under a lake or you're under a river or you're in the sea whatever you are um so yeah that's um that's definitely one um that uh, I, I must you know I, I will relate to uh Jessica from the USA has put death which I am not scared of death um i'm it's a hard one that one because I think obviously we all die eventually um, and I don't fear it because if I fear death, I feel that it's on my mind all the time and i um I want to enjoy what i've got now um in in life um and it's it's something i've never really feared you know i mean i obviously don't want to die but at the same time it's like no i don't fear death because i don't want to think about death i want to think about you know the the present uh, and the future um so yeah that that's one and she's also put oblivion um which i i assume she means like i don't know the end of the world is that I I assume she means the end of the world. Uh, And then burying a child, well, yeah, that is a fear. Um, I think that's a fear for any parent across the world. Um, Horrible, horrible thing. Um, So the next one I will read out is Scott Sheffield, who's put, um, well, people who are offended by everything. And then the one above is snowflakes taking over the world. That's not really uh, what I want to get at. Um, but it's funny. Don't get me wrong. They're funny comments. But uh, Sarah Langford, my lovely wife, has put, I'm afraid of losing everything. Ah, you see, you're not going to lose me. So I'm going to worry about that. The kids will always be here with us. So, um, but I know where you're coming from. Uh, it's something that I used to think about a lot um, during, you know, some dark moments I've had. If I do this wrong, if I do that right, am I doing it, you know, and and you do, you think, oh, God, no, I'm going to lose them all. Or, you know, I've been in that situation before, um, but I can assure you, my darling, you are never going to lose me. Um, Sharon's also put afraid of dying. So we, we have uh, spoken about that one. Um, Sarah Langford uh, has put. I don't fear a lot these days after coming through previous mental health experiences, but my main one is probably Richard and myself dying and Emily being left without us more. So when she was younger, but still a fear, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, it is still a fear. Uh, It's, it's, you know, leaving your child parentless is definitely a fear. Um, And also congratulations from battling their mental health experiences. That's uh, very uh, brave of you to put. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Sarah. Um, so the next one's Pippa. Pippa Tinsley's put. Um, losing my children, I f- or than losing my f- children, I fear being underwater and being sick. Um, I have a massive phobia of being sick. If I see or hear of someone being sick, it sends me into full anxiety that I'm going to be sick. It's horrid. Yeah, I've heard of that one because Sarah's similar. She has panic attacks uh, when she feels like she's going to be sick. Um, not so much during pregnancy because it's kind of like it happens anyway. Um, but yeah that is that is a fear um, I've actually heard of it's quite a quite a um, popular one. Um, I've, I've known a few people uh, that's um, felt that uh, underwater again you know it's that claustrophobic feeling of being underwater in you know out of control kind of thing um, Charlie has put deep water so again it's um, maybe not so much. Just water in general. It's it's deep water. I assume, like in the middle of the ocean, you um, know, maybe in the deep end of a swimming pool where you can't, you know, feel feel the bottom. Um, I, I can understand that. Um, Vicky has commented losing my son, so that, that's another one where um, she's spoken about losing a child, which we which we've spoke about already. Um, sorry, I've missed another one here. Thomas Baker's but death and the sea. So we've We've done death and the the sea the sea is a um unexplained and undiscovered um place, so fearing the sea I can understand I absolutely adore the sea and all the creatures in the sea, but that's just me um people fearing it, yeah, I know why I can understand why um it is you know one of them huge huge things where once you're in it, you're kind of like. Don't really know what's underneath me, you know, you can't see underneath you. And let's face it, if you're in the middle of the ocean and, you know, you're on your own, it's like, that's it. You know, your days are numbered unless you're lucky, Uh, like Tom Hanks in Castaway, you know. (laughs) So just stick a movie in there while I'm there. But yeah, yeah, I've got you there. Um, So Sarah's also put here a fear of open water and fires wherever i go i have a fire escape plan yeah fires is a very popular one open water i do know that about sarah um she's braved open water once on her honeymoon in turkey uh for a very very short period of time but she was very brave that day and did it and then and i saw the fear in her eyes um again it's it's not for uh it's for you know the the unknown kind of thing um being underneath um excuse my text tone there Kelly um, Credland has discussed with me on this comment thread. Um, em- oh, do you know, I probably can't say this word. Emeth- emethophobia. So, basically, a fear of being sick, um, which we've discussed. But Kelly actually suffers from this phobia. Um and she's put here that it impacts my relationship with my husband and my children are held back because I don't take them to go places where is at risk. Uh, so no fairs, theme parks, indoor play areas. Also, I don't let them eat much goodies from my fears. Yeah, that's got to be really sad um, on your behalf, Kelly, because not being able to take your children to the children's play areas and theme parks, it's really sad because obviously kids love that and parents love experiencing it with them, um, seeing the joy in their face. So I can see why that impacts your family uh, a lot, Um, which is a horrible thing. Um, I'm sorry you suffer with that, I really am. Um, Liz Hodson here has got an interesting one. I'm, I'm really afraid of the dark. Sounds stupid. No, it doesn't. Uh, But my schizophrenia makes shadows and things seem real. I have to have a light on. I have fairy lights in my room at the minute. uh, And the TV and radio on. I can't be in the dark place alone or I'll have a panic attack and feel claustrophobic. It's grim. Yeah, that is pretty grim. Um, The the dark is, uh, again, there's so many people afraid of the dark. Uh, A lot of people say, well, it's mainly children. But that's completely wrong. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the dark, if I'm honest. I mean... Not so much now. Uh, I mean, I don't like. I suppose I don't like the dark when it's when you somewhere like say in the middle of nowhere and it's dark and there's nothing and you can hear nothing, Um, and then suddenly you hear a sound and you're like, whoa, what was that? You know, where where, where's that come from? Or you're looking around and you can't see anything. So, that's where your claustrophobia comes from. Um, Almost like it's touching you, like the dark's touching you. Um, So yeah, another another interesting uh, one. Shared with us there, Liz. Thank you. Um, Stacey's put here, fires and the future. Um, So fires, we've gone through fires before. uh, Quite a popular fear of many people. And the future. Now, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't really know how to... I don't really know what to discuss on that respect. Because I'm not sure if you mean as in, you know, are you scared of what the future... Uh, holds or or is it stuff that's going to happen in the future that you already know about or is it you know what i mean maybe you could uh, email us stacy on that one and, and explain it a little bit and i could maybe talk about it on another show that would be absolutely uh awesome if you could do that um so jasmine here has put being taken out in the middle or the sea and no nowhere to go and drown into death i'm also scared of dying and what comes next yeah, so um, another one for the dying um, and being in the middle of the sea and nowhere to go, drowning. That's what we've just said about um, with Thomas's with, with the sea. Uh, yeah, it's a horrible feeling being in the middle of the ocean because, again, it's an undiscovered um, place and, you know, being in the middle there, just thinking, I'm, am I just going to stay here and drown and that's it? You know, no one's coming for me and, and that's it. You, what do you do? There's nothing you can do, you know? So that is a... And understanding fear on that one, Jazz. Uh, Sir Arnold, as we close this comment thread, is put. I keep getting re-, re. Excuse me. I keep getting reoccurring dreams about people shooting at my kids and trying to protect them. Uh, also, standing on a balcony and giving way and falling, but spiders and heights. Yeah. So, um, reoccurring dreams are all part of your mental health. If you are overthinking in the evenings. Even when you laid in bed wanting to go to sleep, you're going to get so many thoughts going around your head, which creates your dream. Um, and, you know, reoccurring dreams, I'm pretty sure that they occur because of fear. Um, you know, it's like your mind's showing you what would happen. And I've, I've had dreams before where I've woken them up and thought, was that real? You know, you know when you've woken up in your dream, like, and you've gone oh it's not a, it's only a dream but you haven't actually woken up i've that's a reoccurring dream for me all the time i wake up in my dream and i'm like is that it yeah i'm done it was all fake and then i'm dreaming about more random stuff and i'm like oh my god i'm not actually awake and then i'm awake yeah crazy really is amazing how your brain works though um so yeah uh spiders yeah spiders Arachnophobia. uh huge huge fear of spiders uh, around the globe. Um, I'm not too fussed about spiders. I don't like the big ones, I must admit. Um, Tarantulas, not my thing. Um, But you know, the little ones, house spiders, things like that, not too fussed of them. But I do know how uh, bad it is because Sarah's not the uh, best with spiders. She sort of gets into a bit of a heavy breathing kind of um, situation and I get shouted to come and get the spider but I never kill a spider, I always take them outside and I'll put them back into the garden uh, because they do good for your household, they kill all of the, the flies and the horrible bugs, um, so in that respect, never kill a spider, just pick him up or her, pick him or her up, take him outside or her and let him build a web in your plants, that's all they want to do, they're not there to hurt you, in this country, anyway. Yeah, so fears for me. Here we go. This is a fear for me. Heights. Massive fear. Hate them. Don't matter where you are or what you're looking at, heights is my biggest fear. I've been up the Empire State Building to the point where I got um, jelly legs in the lift. Seeing the floors that we are on. Uh, to going into the gift shop which is in the Empire State Building in New York, you come straight out the lift and then you're in the gift shop and then you can go out to the balconies where obviously there's so many fences and security um, padlocked and everything. And I literally got to the door of the uh, Empire State Building, looked at the view I could see and I could not go any further, Um, even though you can see the floor before the actual floor, if that makes sense. But I still didn't want to... um, I didn't want to do it because it was just, I am terrified of heights, honestly. People from Lincoln, the bridge, Pelham Bridge, I always have to walk on the right-hand side if I'm going over the, you know, towards town, uh, so I can't see the, the bottom. Um, blue Bridge, the blue train bridge in Lincoln is another one. I walk over there and it's it's fine when the sides are up, but when you get to that bit where the train tracks are and you can see uh, through, the, uh, through the metal, oh, horrible. So, yeah, heights is massive for me. I can't really do heights. Uh, standing on the roof of a house, that's that's high for me. Um, I actually got, the other day, I went up a slide at, um, oh, where did I go? Harvey's Far- Hardy's Farm, sorry, in uh, Ingramells. Took my son on this slide and it was quite a high slide, but I had to hold him because obviously he's two. And I popped him on there and I just froze. And he was like, Daddy... Daddy, I was like, "I'm so sorry, mate," and I had to get uh, my wife and my, and my dad to get Isaac and let him go down the slide, and then I had to somehow um, slide down the slide myself, and I was I was absolutely bricking it, and that's because of the height. So yeah, scared to death of heights. So yeah, thank you everybody for uh, commenting on all that we've uh, we've discussed a few different fears. I appreciate your input. Um it's uh, it's something I just wanted to, you know, add to a show. It's nice to talk about different things. So, um yeah, we're happy with that. Now, the next part of the show, I oh, I don't know why I went like that then. I Whatever that was, Um, that's because my brain's working. I'm trying to think what to say next. Uh, Yeah, so Mr. Dave Weston is on this show instead of episode 12. um, And Adam Pearson and Mr. Daniel Purdy will be on episode 12. Um, So the next thing I just wanted to quickly talk about, which I posted in the group, is the event for next year. So next year, all being well, I don't want to say it's 100% happening because you just never know at the minute but next year i am looking to hire a venue um, for a charity fundraiser i'm hoping to get at least 100 tickets available um, and sell i don't know prices yet they're not going to be silly money so don't panic about that Um, I've done charity events before, I've used social clubs because they are part of this country's, um, what's the word, part of this country's history, that's it, and I love a social club, there's nothing better than a social club in my opinion. Working men's clubs, you know, uh, Royal Navy Club in Lincoln, I've used before. The the event will be in Lincoln. Uh, I do have more people in the group from the Lincoln slash Lincolnshire area. Um, But I'll give you plenty of time to um, plan if you are coming from further afield. I don't expect the Americans to fly over. I understand the cost of that, don't worry. Um, But hey, maybe I could go live and show you guys and, you know, show you what we're doing. But yeah, I'm looking at a bit of a charity event, so uh, a raffle, as we do, you know, we love a good charity raffle on this uh, podcast community, um, maybe some bingo and some fun games and a bit of music, um, obviously the bar's going to be there, I'll see you about doing some food, but I think it'll be nice for everybody to get together, for those who's met each other through the podcast, through the podcast community group. Uh, to meet in person, Uh, it's been difficult for everybody obviously meeting up at the minute um, due to the uh, coronavirus so other than that though you know it'll be a nice experience for everybody it'll be a happy occasion, it'll be a private occasion, there'll be no judgment and as a little incentive I have arranged to uh, organise some sanitarium podcast awards as well which will be nice, um, giving back to the people as a sort of, you know, thank you and yeah, so it'll be a nice event and I'm hoping, I really, really, really am hoping that we'll be able to do it Um, and, you know, show show everybody that we can get together and, you know, we can have a great time and we can play some games and, you know, some quizzes and raffles and just, just be there chatting away and enjoy the evening. You know, so more information will be posted in the group and I will keep mentioning it on the podcast um, once I've got, you know, secured a venue um, and secured a date and secured the government telling me that I'm allowed 100 people in the room at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, 2021's the year. Fingers crossed. Pray to God it will be. Um, and we will get that done. So, Something to look forward to, guys. It's recording now. <laughs> so we are now at the stage where we're going to introduce a guest on. I'm sat in the flat of Dave Weston. Hello, mate. All right, mate. How we going? All good, mate. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. I don't need to sit against the laptop and stare at it. Like I normally <laughs> do. We're casually sat in the flat, mate. So uh, you're. Uh, it's a new chapter for you, yeah. Yeah, That's man. Just... It's good. I'm enjoying it. Good. It's good. It's a nice flat very spooky, it's, Yeah, my kind of flat.
1: It's very spooky, yeah. I want it to be more spooky.
0: It's going to be though isn't it? Hopefully. A lot of plans for it. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Good, good. So we've got you on today, we're going to have a chat about various things. Um, this episode's topics are suicidal thoughts and self-harm. Um, so I'm going to get, go straight into the deep end with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fine.
0: And uh, the first thing I'm going to say is, before you go into that, tell us a little bit you.
1: Uh, I'm Dave. I'm good start. Really tall. <laughs> I, uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> uh, I like horror films. That's what me and you became friends over. It is, it is. That's how we bonded um collections and horror. That's ba- basically it. <laughs> Horror's just everything I do. <laughs> hey, if that's My good. entire flat's dedicated to horror, so.
0: <laughs> so if you don't like horror and Dave you flat, don't come. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. I'm sat next to
0: a massive grandfather clock like we're in, yeah. the, like we're in some vampire lair. It's great, but yeah, people who don't like it ain't going to like that. So. <laughs> but that's Dave. There you go. In, in a nutshell, Dave is tall. His name's Dave and he likes horror. That's about it. So yeah. that's a good start boring. to the... Uh, <laughs> very boring. Yeah, you're like my perfect man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't be coming on to me already, mate. Like, jeez.
0: <laughs> so, Dave, tell me about... Um, Tell me about your your mental health. I mean, we've spoke before plenty about your, your anxiety and the depression side of it, yeah. uh, which, as you know, I, I suffer myself. So I, I know a lot about that, you mm. know, learning through this podcast and learning through therapy. Mm. So it's brave you to come on and speak about these things because these things are the ones that people don't speak about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about tell me about the self-harm. Tell me how it started and, and just tell me a little bit, you know, delve, delve a little bit, well, as much as you want.
1: Um, so it started when I was like 14. Um, like, I realised that like, because I got, I, I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the stuff that happened when I was younger just made me feel pretty... That bad about myself and the way that I kind of coped with it and coped with the depression was through the self-harm so everything from like burning myself to like cutting my wrists and eventually led to like drugs which is like another form of self-harm and smoking again which is all related to the Mm -hmm. self-harm it's just been years of just like slowly doing bad stuff to myself as like a coping mechanism
0: Yeah. so is it um, when you say cutting your wrists is it sort of I mean, tell me. I mean, that's a little bit weird to talk about, but is it literally cutting? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, like it's pretty, like razor blade. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And
0: it's you do that. Bad. Is it? Is it almost like you're addicted to doing it, or is yes. it? Yes. So it,
1: when I got speaking to a doctor about it, they basically turned around and said it's it's like an addiction. It's almost like when because the way that the way that it makes me feel so, like when I get into a, a spat of depression, um, and I feel incredibly low, I do it and it it kind of takes away those feelings for a short period of time. So it's, so it's, it's a release. It's a release, yeah. It's like, as you say, it's like an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you've kind of... It, it makes it sound much more glamorous than it obviously is, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. once you've kind of got that feeling of, okay, this this helps me, it's very difficult to stop or to find something else, a healthier way to cope.
0: Yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah. Yeah, Say, so, um, I've, I've seen programmes about it before, I and. Mean, that's why I mentioned about it being addictive because, you know, people can say, "Oh, I've, I'm not doing it anymore," but then they'll go somewhere quiet and they'll do it, and then they'll wear joggers yeah. and stuff I mean, to I'd, cover it. And I'd like,
1: gone like four, like three or four years without doing it to myself, like really. Yeah. And then it just it just started again. Well, as soon as stuff starts to get a bit difficult, it's just the one thing that I would turn to to kind of yeah. make get that release.
0: Would you say your mind goes straight to that then? It doesn't go to anything uh,
1: goes straight to that it used to when I was like 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And then I kind of found a different coping mechanism in like making music. Down a little bit. And then when I was like 19, 20, it kind of started again. And Thing where now if I I start feeling that low, it is kind of my go-to.
0: How did lockdown affect stuff like this?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it made it a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Made it a lot worse. Um, lockdown really messed with me. Because um, I'm very much someone who, if I don't socialise, I like, I like the idea of being on my own and doing stuff by myself. But if I don't socialise and I don't see people, it's really bad for me. Yeah. I need to have that kind of... I need to have other people around me. Yeah. Otherwise, I get in my head and then...
0: Yeah, which which bad stuff which you've been doing recently. Now you're in your new flat and um, yeah
1: I'm busiest I've been in ages. Yeah. I'm always doing stuff. I'm always out seeing people. It's,
0: it's good for your mind. It's good for Yeah, you know, obviously it's good for your mental health. Yeah. Um. Yeah, obviously lockdowns affected many people. I read the other day that there was a twenty percent increase of doctor's appointments for people suffering from anxiety. Yeah, I can believe uh, it. Low mood, depression. I well, I had to go
1: back um, onto antidepressants. during lockdown because it's just it's not good
0: I know other friends of mine have have been the same as well you know it's 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 not just about being locked inside your house it's about not being able to see your children your parents your grandparents and all the stuff like that yeah Um, friends obviously and social side of things and yeah so briefly on to uh, suicidal thoughts so what is a suicidal thought what do you see it as um
1: it's a difficult one it's the feeling of not wanting to carry on anymore I guess
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the feeling of when, when you've got to that point where you've dealt with the things for so long that kind of traumatise you or cause you the depression or anything like that and you, you don't see an end you don't see an end to that mm-hmm. it's, it provides it, in your head obviously I know it isn't a solution but it provides a solution it's never the solution, it's never, obviously it's never ever the, the right thing to do. No. But it, when you're that low, it provides kind of the, well you could always do this and then that would be that.
0: So it's that, <clears throat> it's at a stage where it's that bad, the only way out in your head to is end to take it. your own life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, on the thought process, does it... Do you sort of think ways of doing it or do you think just Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. do
0: think of ways.
1: Yeah, so it's when it got it got to it got pretty bad a couple of months ago, as yeah. you know. As we've know. spoken about. We have, yeah. Um and it was like very, very regularly I was like thinking of different ways to kinda you know, just end it. End it. Yeah. And yeah. it was, it was a very regular thing, and it was at that point I knew that I needed to kind of get something done about it because it just the self harm got incredibly bad, and
0: yeah.
1: thoughts of taking my own life, and then obviously the other stuff that you know about. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I needed some, needed some fucking help. I needed some help. Um, it's horrible. It's horrible. I wouldn't wish I'm the worst enemy. No. Um, the thoughts of. Because as a human, you're designed to you're designed to survive. Like you're designed to carry on. Yeah. But when you've got to the point where you're physically so low that the the, the thought of actually carrying on it it makes you more depressed. It's it's horrendous.
0: I can only imagine. I mean, I uh, I went through a bit of stuff. I had to talk to my therapist about because I was getting suicidal thoughts mixed up with intrusive thoughts. Yeah. So. I was explained that because some of the stuff I was thinking, um, after I'd thought it, I thought, stupid, that's an intrusive thought, you Mm. know? Yeah. Because it made me feel bad. Yeah. But if it makes you feel good about it, it's a suicidal thought.
1: It's not necessarily feeling good about it, it's accepting.
0: Accepting it, right, yeah.
1: So it's kind of going, I'm... As opposed to like ten, fifteen minutes, a couple of hours, a couple of days after having that thought, thinking that was stupid. Yeah. A couple of hours, a couple of days after thinking, I would be okay with that.
0: Yeah.
1: That's the really scary part is knowing that if that were to happen, if you were to push yourself to that point where this is it, mm. as as I have done, I've been in the position where I thought this is it because um, of certain things I've done to myself and in that position when when I kind of had the realisation of no this, this, I'm, I'm dying now I was okay with it I accepted it I was yeah. fine with that yeah, yeah, it's horrible to talk about it's horrible to think about yeah of course but that's how I knew that it was a, a serious thing that needed attention and I, I needed some serious help because it was every other time I thought about it prior to this experience I had I had always either stopped myself or someone else had stopped me and as soon as that had happened I'd, I'd regretted what I'd done yeah. But the, the the experience I had recently, um, I was uh um yeah, I was okay with it, I accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was I was in the situation where it was happening and I was just like, Yeah, no, this is fine. I'm okay like this is what I want. Mm. And when I thankfully like came around, I was like, no, I need to get some help.
0: Yeah, you recognise that you needed yeah, serious help, yeah. yeah, which you're getting now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, um, yeah.
0: You're getting the process of mm-hmm. getting therapy yeah, sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: getting all that sorted. Um,
0: yeah, good, that's brilliant. Went
1: through all the self-referral stuff, and they've passed my case on. I'm just waiting to get that hair back from them. I'm mm-hmm. um, back on the antidepressants. Um, I'm making more of a kind of active effort to see my friends and... Yeah. Be around people who are good for me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um and trying to distance myself from certain people who aren't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, just trying to make better changes in my life to kind of help myself as yeah. much as I can. Cuz it's not like the <coughs> thing with like suicidal forces is it's not necessarily that like I I don't want I don't want to die. Yeah. It's just that you feel there's no other escape in the way that you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've been through so much therapy and you've been on all the antidepressants, and it, like I've been doing this for like ten years, mm-hmm. like trying to get through my mental health issues for like ten years. Yeah. When you've when when it gets to a point where, as it was during lockdown, where I was as bad as I was when I was a fifteen-year-old in terms of my mental health, it's kind of like, well, what's what's the point? Like, I've been trying to do this ten years, and I'm back yeah. in the same position I was ten years ago.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean. I think when they say suicidal thoughts, um, what I see there is just a thought. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Mm. You know? Um, like a, like intrusive thoughts. People, you know, my therapist says to me, it is just a thought. It mm. doesn't mean you're going to do this thought. It doesn't it's, mean the thought actually exists.
1: It's the difference between suicidal thoughts and like, suicidal tendencies.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, yeah. Um, I'm stuck for questions, but. Um, a few of the questions I remember from my usual five um, you obviously talked about your horror love for horror, yeah. movies and, and, and
1: everything, just anything dark
0: anything dark so I'm looking around your flat now and you have such a good collection
1: all sorts of just loads of crap
0: just, I wouldn't call it crap they'll, they'll hear you <laughs> don't <offend them. laughs> you've got a Ouija board right there yeah. if they can hear you <laughs> yeah. but no, I mean this must be a massive um, positive for you when you think about your collection I love being when in you this space when you stick a horror movie on and you've I got love your, being I, in this you, space you show me your green lights and your yeah. different coloured lights you've got around your TV you've got all your blu-rays this must be just like a, a little sanctuary for you, you know? I
1: love this space it's everything that I've I've got like my guitars in it and all my horror stuff in here and it's just it's very me. I've got like like the Ouija board and like the skulls and stuff. But it's you
0: and it's me as well. You see, so I mean, I I feel comfortable in a place like this. Some people wouldn't. (laughs) But (laughs) my mum
1: hates it so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but, you know, if they're not into it, you can kind of understand it. I mean. I mean, weirdly, my two-year-old would walk around saying, Jason, Michael, Ghostface. I rate that, though. That's (laughs) weird. But he's grown up with my stuff, so he kind of knows, you know... He doesn't know what they do, but he knows who (laughs) they are. He knows the faces. He thinks they're his friends, so... Yeah, they are my... They are friends. They are friends. It's, you know, they're they're actors and they're uh, characters and...
1: Horror is my cope, coping mechanism now. If I feel if I feel down or if I'm having a particularly bad day there's a certain set of films that I'll put on like my favourite films that I'll put on so I'll either put on like Texas Chainsaw or Massacre or Hellraiser or something like that and yeah. it'll and it, to people who aren't into it it doesn't make sense because you think of it as this really violent horrible stuff and you think surely that'd make you more depressed people say
0: that to me all the time but yeah.
1: It, I, I can't explain what it is it just it brings me so much comfort
0: because you love it that much I mean, I'd, I've done it before. I was like, I feel really down today. I'm going to watch Scream. Yeah. And people were like, Well, surely you want to watch something like Happy Gilmore no, no, I really no. don't. It's
1: a great movie. It's just yeah. What, not I want to watch, watch It's not what I want to watch one. You want to watch depressed.
0: people seeing being killed. Well, yeah, it's, it's not cool. just about that then No, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's everything. It's
0: the whole it's the community
1: thing. that comes with it as well. The community. When you get this deep into it, as both you and I are, of collecting and yeah, like it's not like we chuck on like a saw movie every now and again. Like it is life. It's everything. Absolutely. <laughs> like down Absolutely. to the cushions on my sofa, I've got Pinhead and Captain Spaulding on them. Exactly. Like, when you get that deep into it, the sense of community and the, like the friends that you make, like you for example, just one of the people. I mean, obviously, I'm closer to you than I am anyone that I've met for in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that sense of community is wicked. It's yeah. so good. That's so good.
0: It is. It's nice to have people like that to talk to, and obviously we met. People that get well. it. I'm sitting in your flat, you mm. know, and recording a podcast. So yeah, it's it's a good it's a good to have something like that. I've always mentioned it on other episodes that mine is the same, you know, and. I enjoy collecting things like that, and I, I also like collecting pops from different films, mm. and you know all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it does it does help a lot with mental health. Um, but yeah, so well we've been through self harm and suicidal thoughts. We've talked about your collection. We've talked about you, which is Dave, who's tall <laughs> and likes horror. Yeah, it's about <laughs> so these interviews don't have to go on long. I think we've pretty much covered what I wanted to cover to you know to get out of this for episode twelve um i've learned a little bit more as i always do um so yeah thanks for coming on mate and then i'm gonna press the stop button and we'll continue our chat yeah man and not be recorded no worries so i'm at the end of the show now um that was a lovely interview i did with dave we uh recorded that in skegness uh where he lives and we'd gone for a little uh long weekend away um absolute pleasure being here again, um, thank you all for listening in. Um, as I say, I've got episode 12 coming up with uh, Daniel Purdy and Adam Pearson once I get a chance to do it. Um, please do bear with me on these shows because I've got a lot going on in my life at the minute, and not in a bad way, you know, as you do. Uh, but like Kai always says, the, the good thing about this being a mental health podcast is people will understand if there is some delays. Uh, but yeah, yeah, keep keep listening guys and keep sharing as much as you can. Um, I'd love to get the numbers up. I'd love to help more people um, you know, and spread the word a little bit about uh, mental health. Um, and also it's going to be a time now where I'm looking for more guests. So if you're there, raise your hand, get on the show. If you're in Lincoln and you're happy to do it face to face, I'll look forward to that. Um, Ian's episode as well that i mentioned should be in the next sort of four weeks uh that's a big delay on that but as i've mentioned before mr maynard will be coming on on a uh, episode special to discuss his time in the army uh and his mental health um during his time in the army and also during lockdown as well so that is me for another episode thank you again and as always be kind lots of love